All right, if you guys can all turn to your Bibles in John 17, 6. Today we're talking about fighting temptation. Everybody say fighting temptation. Come on, we got some temptations around us, don't we? Damn, the devil is a liar. Our flesh is a liar. Come on, we can't just blame it on the devil, right? Dude, we, you drive down the street and you are just faced with so many temptations. I was just paying attention to, sometimes I'm just in the zone, paying attention to all the billboards and all, all the, just the pictures. I'm just like, oh my goodness. You know, I could just imagine, you know, the temptations, and it's not just for men. You know, so many times we believe that these temptations are just for men, but they're for women as well. Come on, any sisters can agree? Amen. Temptations all around us just ready and facing us in the face just every day. From the moment that we wake up, they're there. Okay? You, you turn on the TV, they're there. You turn on the radio, it's there. Just staring you in the face. And I'm not just talking sexually, but just temptations just taking at you. And whatever season you're going in, in right now in this time, you know, it might be something different for you. Temptations to fight. Who in this place likes to fight? Like, you know, it gets, just gets a temper. That used to be me. Man, just get fired up right away. He agrees. <laughs> fired up right away. Temptation to just get ready to fight and just um, share and just make my point at all times, no matter where I was at, whether I was at Starbucks, down, driving down the street. Temptation to fight is there. Temptation to get angry and hold bitterness. Temptation to, to drink, to, to have a, you know, a beer. Temptation to smoke. Come on, how many know that the children, the, the youth, the teenagers in this place face these temptations every day? That drugs and alcohol are so readily available for them in the schools when they go home. You know, sometimes a lot of times parents let their children drink and smoke. That's the culture and the society that we live in. You know, we're daily faced with temptations, and every day we make the decision, come on, in this place, to live for Jesus. Every day we have to choose to live for Jesus. In this place, we have the temptation to just, you know, in this place, in this society, here in our culture, to just sleep around with anybody, with everybody you want to. Come on. You guys know this, right? We know this. We're, we hear it all the time. And, and the TV glamorizes it, and they put it up on a pedestal. It's just beautiful. You know, you just, you just go ahead and you have sex with the person that you like at that time. And when you get tired of that person, you can just keep moving on to the next person that will satisfy you to that, for that moment. Right? Temptations are facing us in the face all the time. And the world looks at us when we decide that we're going to step apart, that we're going to be set apart, and they look at us like we're crazy. You don't drink? You don't have sex? What do you mean you're waiting until you're married? The world turns at us and they look at us like we're crazy. But see, when they're in the, in the middle of that temptation, when they're in the middle of that sin, they don't realize the other side. Because when the media and the TV, everything, they glorify the sin, they don't show you the other side of the sin. They don't show you when, when you're having sex with the person that you will have the possibility of getting pregnant. You will have faced that, that possibility of getting pregnant or catching an STD. Right? And that, then the next temptation will be to get an abortion. They don't show you that other side. They don't show you the side of the girl sitting in the waiting room crying over her child, whether she should keep it or not. They don't show you the other side of a child being born into a, into a family of drugs, being predisposed to that and growing up with those cravings. A child never having touched something, already craving crack, already craving that. It's disgusting. And we as Christians, we live in this world. We live in this world and we're fighting in this world so that we will not look back. 
Sometimes in our walk in, with Jesus, our, our walk can get hard, and it's so tempting to look back and to see how fun the world makes sin look. And it's tempting to desire to go back and say, you know what, it's getting kind of hard here. It's not fun. It's just the same thing over and over, doing ministry. Those people over there look like they're having fun. Come on, it can be tempting when we're out at Wicker Park to look at the people partying, going in and out of, of clubs and bars, and just having a good time, and they seem like such good people. And you can think to yourself, I can do that. I can be a good person. God is a forgiving God. He is a loving God. But we know that is a lie of the devil, amen? We have temptations to just fall into depression the minute that something gets hard. Come on, you know, pharmacies, doctors, you just hand out pills left and right. It's okay that you're sad. All you have to do here, take some pills. It's tempting to fall into, you know what, I can't fix myself. I can't be happy by myself, so I'm just going to take some pills to fix me. This is the society that we live in, and this is every day. We as Christians have to make a choice to stand firm, to believe in God, and to stick to what is right. Amen? Jesus understood that we would have temptations. Jesus understood that we as Christians would face troubles and that we needed some help. Come on, and which is why he prayed for us. He prayed for us so that we would be able to fight temptation, endure temptation, overcome temptation in Jesus' name. Come on, let's read um, John 17, 6. It says, Jesus prays for his disciples. He says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words, and you gave me, I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Come on, if you believe that God sent him, say amen. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. For they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I'm not coming to you, Holy Father. What is this? And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. I have given them your word, and the word has, and I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify sanctify myself, and they too may be truly sanctified. Amen. God is good. Jesus is good. Amen. He's leaving, and it's getting close to depart from his disciples, and he's been with them for three years. Come on, I've been in this church. It hasn't even been three years already, and if I were to leave you guys, I'll be brokenhearted. I'll be crying, praying, and say, Lord, be with them. And here Jesus is raising up 
his people to do the work of the ministry, to preach the gospel, to make his name known. And he knows that they're going to face troubles and they're going to face trials and the evil one is out to attack them. He knows and understands as Jesus prayed for the believers. Come on. He says he prayed for those who believe in who he was. They believed that he was the Messiah. They believed in the word. If you're in this place and you believe, you've got to say amen because then he's talking about you. In this passage specifically, he's talking about the eleven. He's talking about the faithful faithful ones, but we know that this applies to us. He prayed for them. He said, be with them. Take care of them. He said, Lord, don't take them out. Well, that sounds kind of unfair. You're leaving, but i got to stay down here. You're going up to glory, but i got to stay down here. Yeah, we got to stay in this world because we got to testify. we got to testify of who God is. See, our reward is in heaven, and when we face our trials, our temptations, our struggles in this place, our reward is in heaven. He said, do not take them out of the world. He said, but protect them from the evil one. Protect them from the temptations that they're going to face every day because the evil one is out to get them. The evil one is out to bring them down through the sex. The evil one is out to bring them down through the drugs, through the alcohol, through bitterness. The evil one is out, so, Father, protect them. Then he says, Lord, sanctify them through your word. These are his 11 who've been walking with him for three years, and still he says, sanctify them. Come on, guys. After three years, six years, 12 years, we're still going to be getting sanctified. Amen? There's always going to be something in our life that God's going to say, uh-uh, I don't want that in you. Let's get it out. Sanctify them through your word. The disciples had to know the word of God. They had to know it in order to be sanctified through it. You and I in this place, we need to know this word. We need to eat this word, sleep with this word. We need to think about this word all the time, meditate on it day and night, because this word is going to sanctify us. This word, this living and active word, is going to pierce our hearts and our souls. We need to hold on to this word. The Bible says that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of God's mouth. Amen? We need to know this word. It's going to sanctify us. It's going to correct us, encourage us, rebuke us in times. We get to know God's character through the word, his promises. If you're having a hard time in this place walking and fighting temptations, how much of the word are you reading? How much of the word are you eating, taking in? There is absolutely no excuse to not know the word of God. This is our power. When we pray, we We pray the word of God. When we preach, we preach the word of God. We live by this word. We stand on this word. It's our rock and our foundation. Amen? Because Jesus is the word, right? We have to grab onto this word. Let's turn to, um, where is it? Matthew 26, 36. Jesus says, sanctify them like I'm sanctified. Sanctified means pure, means holy, means set apart, different. When Jesus came into this world, it was different, right? He came to us in a different way. He lived in this world in a different way. He left this world in a different way. He was completely different from this world. You and I, we need to be completely different. If you and I still look like this world, talk like this world, depressing words coming out of our mouth all the time, angry words coming out all the time, we have not yet been sanctified. Not even a little. Come on, because that's where God starts working the most. Because we represent him everywhere we go. And if our words are not saying Jesus, we've got a lot of work to do. We have to live according to this word. 
says we need to know the word no excuse. Amen? All right, where are we? Matthew 26, 36. And then after the temptations, when we go out into this world and we see the temptations and they face us as we go to work and we turn on the TV, then we've got to face with our inner temptations. Right? You know, the battle is not all out here. We understand the battle is not against flesh and blood, but the battle, the biggest battle is in our mind. The biggest battle is when bitterness comes into our heart and that little record starts playing over and over, reminding you of what somebody did yesterday, two weeks ago, a month ago. Hatred comes in your heart when someone, when someone does something wrong to you. Right? Jealousy arises. What else? Fear comes in. Fear holds you back from doing the things of God. This is the stuff that happens inside. You know, so many times we like to think, oh, well, I got this down. I don't smoke anymore. I don't drink. You know, I I don't hang out with the gangbangers anymore. I got this down. But what's deep inside of us? we got to fight the temptations that are inside of us. The pride that comes up and says, I deserve better. I deserve to do better. I deserve to be getting more from you, God, because I'm paying my tithes, and you're not doing what you said you would do, God. That's pride. Those are things that happen within ourselves that nobody else can see. And God is saying, I want to sanctify those areas in your life. And it's only going to happen if you are in your word. See, tonight you may say, I read my word. I don't understand what's going on. You're talking about this. But many people in this room struggle. We struggle with getting into this word, with knowing God, with having a devotional life. In this room, we we can put things before God. We can put work before God at any given moment. Come on, we all need more money in this place, right? We all need to provide for a son or a daughter, and we put these things before God. We put TV and friends and family, even ministry before God. So-and-so needs me to go pray for them. How can we pray for somebody else if we haven't even prayed for ourselves? It says in Matthew 26, 36, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, said, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, I'm going to read that again. My father... If it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Come on. Can you imagine being the disciples, doing ministry all day long, being tired, and then not only that, but then Jesus telling you, stay up and pray with me for an hour? Can you imagine going out there and watching Jesus, you know, with the shikaboomba, laying hands on the sick, and people are getting healed, and you're walking with Jesus? 
You're going through the most intense discipleship ever if you're walking with Jesus. You're seeing it with your very own eyes, and you're tired and you're exhausted at the end of the day. And all you want to do is sleep, rest, and testify to one another about everything that has gone on, right? But here Jesus is going through the, the, one of the most sorrowful times in, in his walk, in his ministry, and his disciples decide that they don't have time to pray because they're tired. They need rest. Dude, sometimes I get home at night and I think, man, I'm so exhausted. You know, God understands. I've been working, you know, 10, you know, 11 hours today. I'm tired. You know, we just did devotions with the girls. You know, 15 minutes, boom, that's okay with me. I got to go to sleep. Come on, who, is that anybody else in this place? Because we're tired and we think God's going to understand. Jesus didn't understand that his disciples were tired and they needed to rest. He said, get up and pray before you fall into temptation. Is he talking about going out and sleeping with a woman? No, he's talking about with fear. He's talking about shrinking back. He's talking about being ashamed of who he is. That kind of temptation he's talking about in this place. The inner temptation. The one that tells you not to go out and evangelize. The one that keeps you home and on the couch. The one that keeps you in front of Facebook for 10 hours. We need to fight those temptations. We need to fight with our knees on the ground, with our face on the ground and say, Lord, help me. At any given time, we need to pray. We need to get over this religious attitude. If we expect for God to move in our lives and move in our generation, we need to have a relationship with the king. We need to fight the temptations that are coming against us before we go forth and fight the temptations that others are dealing with. Jesus says, I protected them while I was here. Now, now you protect them, Father. He prayed for us, right? Jesus is praying for us. And then he teaches us that we need to pray for ourselves. So many times we rely on other people to do the praying for us. We rely on other people to keep us up. We rely on other people's faith. That we forget that we have the power, the authority, the privilege to come before the throne and talk to the Father. We are all sons and daughters of the King. I don't care how much you have sinned in this place. I don't care how far in the world you think that you are. You are sons and daughters of God if you've repented of your sins, if you've come to Him with a pure heart. You have the privilege to stand before the living God. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6. Prayer is powerful. I've been in the books one time and I've shared it with my girls before. But the devil shrieks, he trembles at the sight of the weakest Christian on his knees. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what you sound like. You have the power and the authority to fight temptation, to break down strongholds, to, to get to the place where God wants you to be. But it's your choice. How much of God do you want? Let's read this. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6. through 6. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. Once your obedience is complete. Amen? Power. Power. Authority. We have the power to demolish strongholds. 
Let's start in our lives. Let's start in the lives of those around us, our loved ones. How many times are we so quick to to complain about our situation, our struggles in this place? We complain about it all the time and we share it with the people around us, but we're not quick to get on our knees and share it with God. We're not quick to get on our knees and fight. I used to complain all the time about being uh, fearful, about not being able to get up in front of people, and I would cry about it, and I would talk to Nancy and everybody around, but I wouldn't talk to God about it. I guess I didn't think he was strong enough or big enough to take care of my little issue. But the minute that I began to pray, the minute that I began to, to claim his word over my life, he began to work in me. He began to push me to do more things, and obedience came. And that stronghold was broken over my life, and it can happen in your life as well. Amen? We need to be devoted to God. Whether it's in the morning or in the evening or whenever you're wide awake, you need to give that time to God. We have to remain faithful to the Lord and fight the temptation because the devil is after us. He does not want us going out and preaching the gospel in Wicker Park. He does not want us going out and casting demons. But you know what? If we don't have that relationship with God, we don't fear. The devil doesn't fear us. He fears God. And if we're not grounded in him, come on, he's the one that's going to bring the fear to us. We're the ones that are going to be shaken when the devil starts shaking our foundation. We're the ones who are going to crumble and fall when he starts coming at us and attacking us. So stay strong in your devotional life. Stay strong in the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Let's bring everybody up to the front. And tonight, I want you to get on your knees, and I want you to fight temptation yourself. I want every person, every visitor, every guest in this place to come up here. Ricky, you can come up here as well, and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Whatever you're dealing with, I want you to get on your knees right now, and I want you to fight. I want you to declare the words of God today that you are able to demolish any stronghold that sets itself up against you. I want you to believe Believe that you are saved in this place, that you are sanctified, that God is working in you, that his mercy and his grace is is over your life. And no matter how far you've gone, you are walking with him today because you've chosen him today in this place. Ricky or Salvador, if you can put something on in the background, and we're going to start praying. And you're going to pray, and in a little bit, we're going to come around. We're going to lay hands on you. Berto, Vanessa, and Ricky and myself, we're going to come around, and we're going to pray for you. As Jesus prayed for his disciples tonight, we're going to pray for you, and then we're going to allow you to continue praying and get lost in his presence. You stay on your knees until you know that you have the victory over whatever temptation. Maybe you're going through a season in your life where where you're shy. Maybe you're going through a season in your life where the devil's just bringing fear, just inner temptation to stay home, inner temptation to, to not get involved any longer, to go to a different church, to backslide. What is it? Jealousy? Fight it tonight because it's not of God and he wants to sanctify you tonight through his word. If you need the Bible, if you need to look up some of his promises, some of his commands, get the Bible and read what the Lord is telling you tonight.